0: Welcome to Sermon Underwear Podcast the stories and conversations that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran
1: Church. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry, and I've got the reading for today. And so it's uh, Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I, who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift up infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me." The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me to the Most High they call, but he does not raise up to them at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zebulun? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will
0: not come in wrath. Our corresponding gospel text is, uh, again, we're in the gospel of Mark this year. Chapter 10, verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. All right, so uh, we're in the story, uh, the book of the prophet Hosea here. Uh, Just to kind of give a little bit of backdrop, we've been working our way through the kings here in the Old Testament. Um, We got to the point last week where we heard about the division that then took place after the reign of King Solomon, Rehoboam, who's in the southern kingdom of Judah, Jeroboam, who's in the northern kingdom of Israel. And so this particular passage, uh, the prophet Hosea, is in that northern kingdom now where um, a few kings down the road here. And uh, they're living under the Assyrians who are are open to them, worshiping the idols, the uh, false god, Baal. And so that's what... The book of Hosea is addressing here, and we actually kind of get the sweet spot of the whole book of Hosea here in chapter 9, as the rest of it is really talking about God's deep disappointment, frustration, anger, um, and passing of judgment on uh, the ancient Israelites. And so here we get a little break from that in chapter 9. We get some good news as um, God has talked about as one who... You know, like a parent who has raised up a child who has gone wayward and yet is reflecting back and saying, I remember teaching you how to walk. Um, It talks about, I raised you with with bands of human kindness. Some people have thought that maybe means like an umbilical cord. You know, remember uh, the child even from that that point of um, being in the mother's womb yet and then watching them grow up and walk and reflecting back on those early years of uh, raising a child in the middle of this uh, then behavior going on here that makes God so frustrated.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit weird because it seems like that's uh, like you're just reading, I guess, the rest of Hosea, and you'd have ten days of cloudy and yucky weather, and then all of a sudden the sun peeks out for Hosea chapter eleven, and oh, I think I think we'll change our tune here a little bit, um, <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, God does say that, uh, that his wrath will not come, but uh, it's, it's hard to read, read the prophets because we are convicted. Um, the people are convicted, and God's wrath does show up. Um, and God's wrath shows up because, because he's in part hurt, and the other part is that he wants so much better for his people than what they're getting. And that love and wrath work together in that understanding that if God were to just leave the people in their uh, sin, in their despair, that it really doesn't give them the life that they need.
0: Yeah, I think there's something really helpful that begins to get addressed for for some of us here in this book of Hosea or, or is brought up again on the subject of uh, forgiveness and what forgiveness looks like. There can be kind of a reluctance to forgive people because, unfortunately, it's become equated with uh, this understanding: if if I forgive someone, I'm telling them that what they did is okay uh, and it didn't hurt me. And that's not really the scene that we get here in Hosea. Um, God wants his people back with him, but there's definitely heavy judgment here. Um, so this message of hope comes on on the other side of the judgment coming first. So it's as if God says, what what you're doing is not okay. Uh, but at the same time, I'm refusing to let this define a relationship. Um, like a loving parent, you know, who has a child who goes, who goes wayward. Uh, they're not going to say, what you're doing is okay, and I'm fine if you want to keep on doing that. Um, there is judgment and correction there, but the bottom line is that doesn't define the relationship.
1: Right. And, and what God and the parents in these stories really want is a future for, for their, their children, a future for um, their people. And if they uh, stay in sin, stay in rebellion, their future becomes in jeopardy in the same way when we fail to fail to forgive. Um, it, it limits our future because we're we're stuck dealing with the past always looking at the sins of the past and saying, I can't get over that for that particular person, or I can't forgive myself for, for what happened in the past.
0: So I'm thinking of adding these couple extra verses here uh, to the end of the reading, just because I think there's some powerful imagery here too, verses 10 and 11. They shall go after the Lord who roars like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west, and they shall come trembling like birds from Egypt, like doves from the land of Assyria. This is where they've been taken away into captivity. Mm-hmm. And I will return them to their homes, says the Lord. So in addition to that kind of parental loving imagery, there's this calling to, to come back home. Um, I was kind of looking into a little bit about why lions roar. And it's uh, to tell, one, to tell um, other lions that they're there to show how big they are. So you can kind of think, again, we've had this competition language for the last couple of weeks between God and other gods. Um, and then it's also to warn other lions that this is my territory. Keep away. And I think that all makes sense in the context of what's going on here. God's people have been going after these other gods, and God's roar is essentially saying, these are my people. Hands off. You know, I have I've yeah. claimed them as my own. Uh, in that call to come back home, there's there's kind of something powerful, um, frightening on the one hand, but powerful. I think a line from C.S. Lewis's Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, where one of the main characters, Susan, asked about the lion Aslan, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Uh, to which one of the other characters, Mr. Beaver, responds, safe. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you.
1: That's... that's an- Interesting way to put it, and to understand that that as we look at God's wrath and God's judgment, um, it can be wild and it can be perceived as extremely dangerous and and frightening,
0: um, just like just like with the lion. Uh, That the other part with that image, there are some other images in Hosea of kind of this uh, God is stalking around and. Um, gnashing of teeth where people go astray. So it's, again, interesting to have this tide here of the roar. There's no sneakiness about that. It's very out out and open and what's all behind that roar is, again, to claim, these people are mine, back off, you know, hands off. Um, But but with this powerful love that's behind all that, too, it's kind of neat. So, you know, the gospel text,
1: Let the Little Children Come to Me, trying to figure a uh, connection there i mean obviously this this first part is i led them with the cords of kindness like you mentioned i was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks you know and to to hold that baby and smell that baby smell and and the the soft little cheeks you know it's it's a a fun thing to do and how jesus jesus calls each of us to him uh, in a sense to be and to
0: have that childlike trust yeah, that's interesting that to say these memories of my love for you are more powerful than how mad I am at you about what, right. what you've done now. So with that, uh, one of the questions that's kind of come to mind for me as I this week, and knowing that we're approaching Thanksgiving here, um, what are some of the big family get-togethers or the times that you come back home, however you want to define home? What's uh, some of the celebrations or reasons that your family comes home? And then uh, another question to tie into that, too, kind of when we think about families getting together or coming home, sometimes it can be messy. And... (laughs) There, it's not easy to be together, and especially um, without that word of forgiveness in there. So how does thinking about forgiveness as not saying that what's happened is okay, um, but that instead we're not going to allow what happened to define our relationship? How might that change the way that you think about going home? When's a time that you knew you had done wrong? But you didn't get what you deserved because someone loved you more than they hated what you had done. That's kind of a heavy one. That's too. kind of a heavy one. Yep. Yeah. Share with your group.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna start to have confession now. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> but that's that's exactly where this goes, though. Um, yeah. It's like, <laughs> That's uh, one of our hopes of having confession and forgiveness as a part of every worship service. Is again to to have a house to come home to, yes. and to know that when you come here, uh, your relationship with God is not is not uh, formed on what you have or haven't done, but how deeply He loves you and yep. um, how far He would go to the cross to to not. Uh, have to enact out the judgment that's due to us.